You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watched workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to fix it, and I run in that fix things like Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Martin Houston Show, sponsored by the Taco Casa Hotline. We're taking your phone calls all morning at 205-342-9904. I am your host this week, Kendall Hollowell. I got boss man behind the glass, Joe Gaither. Joe, how you feeling this morning, man? Ooh, uh, tough to wake up, but we're here. We're up and at him. It's a Thursday. That means we're one day closer to Friday. Praise the Lord. True, true. And it's a lot warmer today, so didn't have to... You know, walk my way through a blizzard or the freezing cold this morning. A little bit, you know, what was it? High 30s, low 40s, something like that. So, I mean, definitely a little better this morning. Definitely heat up throughout the day. So, definitely excited about that. Um, so, Alabama's game was canceled. Their game versus Texas A&M at College Station was scheduled for tonight. Uh, but it was postponed again because of the weather down in Texas. Um, the weather's really been kind of crazy. I mean, not kind of. It is crazy. Uh this whole week in the uh, the whole South, uh, power was shut down in Texas. Uh, looks like Nashville is going through a blizzard. Uh, we got some snow down here in Tuscaloosa. It got down to about 15 degrees. So the whole South is is going through it right now, these icy conditions. Um, well, it's disappointing that they're not playing one, obviously, because, you know, we want to watch some Bama hoops. We want to watch this, this great team play. Uh, two, also because they're two games away from winning the SEC regular season championship. Uh, A&M is 13th in the conference, uh, and they play Vanderbilt on Saturday, who is last in the conference. So there was a very good chance that Alabama would lock up the SEC this week. So it's still going to happen. Uh, we just have to be patient, just have to wait a bit, a little bit longer. Uh, on the positive side of things, uh, it gives guys like Herb Jones and John Petty another chance, you know, uh, gives them a couple more, day, more days, you know, to get healthy, uh, a little bit of rest, a little bit more rehab. Um, and then they don't have to play those two games within less than 48 hours. So there are some positives. Um, yeah, through, a, you know, the tournament field playing later on Thursday and then early again on Saturday. Um, it's never a bad thing, you know, to get an extra an extra break, especially in a long basketball season with everything going on. Um, just a couple days. Uh, I'm not sure kind of what their practice schedule looks like. I'm sure they're going kind of light right now. Uh, guys need a little bit of rest, but just got to wait. We'll get to see them on Saturday, and hopefully uh, by this time next week, they have locked up the SEC. Um, so I want to go just talk a little briefly about the tennis match last night between Serena Williams and uh, Naomi Osaka. So what can you say about them, the two queens that went out went, uh, went after it last night? Um, Serena's the GOAT. What else can you say about her? Probably the greatest North American athlete that we've seen, all the titles that she's racked up. Uh, Naomi, only 23 years old, one of the richest female athletes out there, continue to rack up titles herself. Kind of, It was kind of a Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes feel to it in tennis. We have Serena here. You know, obviously the Tom Brady has done it forever. The last two decades, racked up the titles, uh, a huge influencer to this new generation. And then here's Naomi Osaka, kind of the Patrick Mahomes, someone who's win- winning very early, uh, a major impact not only on culture but in the game of tennis. Maybe somebody who can pass Serena Williams. You never know. She's only 23 years old, and you know all she does is win, and that's what she did last night. So, I mean, praise to both of them. Uh, I wish it was the finals. 
because you know that would have been because I like I couldn't like I couldn't choose who to root for like you know Serena gets a point I cheer Naomi does something I cheer like it didn't matter who who did what like so I mean Naomi's moving on hopefully she brings home another trophy her trophy case is mighty large at this point at such a young age it, it will probably continue to grow uh, in these next couple of days. Um, but let's move back into some Alabama talk. And I want to talk about Alabama's secondary heading into next year. But first, I want to talk about the guy that's leaving in the secondary, and that's Patrick Sertan. I want to dive into his stock a little bit. If Jeff Okuda can go number three in, the, in last year's draft, then Sertan can go that high as well. Uh, he won't, just based off of team needs ahead of him. I think the only... Um, I'm not sure if anybody in the top five really desperately needs a cornerback like that. I know the Jets could use them, but the Jets could use just about anything at this point. And they're probably take a quarterback or an offensive tackle before they take a cornerback at number two. But uh, he's worthy of a top 10 pick. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. He'll go in the top 10. I don't see him getting past Denver at nine or Dallas at number 10. Uh, I know corners like J.C. Horn, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech and Asante Samuel Jr. are all solid cornerbacks. But there's no question about it. Sertan is the best cornerback in this year's draft. If Denver doesn't use the number nine pick to trade for someone like Deshaun Watson, you know, replace their quarterback situation, I would be shocked if they don't take Patrick Sertan with that pick. Even though they're drafting, you know, in the top 10, Denver still has a pretty good roster. They don't have a ton of holes. Obviously, they want to fix the quarterback situation kind of with what they have with Drew Locke. Um, their offensive line improved. I mean, you can never be too satisfied with that position. Could maybe use another pass rusher, depending on if they actually let Von Miller go. But I think the biggest need of this team is cornerback. So they lose Chris Harris last season. They just released A.J. Boye this year. And then they really haven't recovered still from the loss of Bradley Roby a couple of years ago. And with the guys they have right now just isn't going to get it done. Um, they've been hit by injuries in that position the last couple of years. Uh, so they desperately need a cornerback, um, especially in that division, too. When you have a Patrick Mahomes or a Justin Herbert, even a Derek Carr, and then you got receivers like Keenan Allen and Tyreek Hill and then everything that Kansas City can also do. And, you know, some of the other talent on on the Chargers roster, you have to fill the cornerback position. Uh, you can't be left out there with, you know, just guys, which is kind of what they had this past season. You see what happened. You saw what happened when they played the Bills at the end of the season. We saw every time they matched up with the Chiefs. They just don't have the guys. They got a great safety play with, with Simmons and Kareem Jackson, but you have to have the corners. And you can't just have your, your two on the outside. You got to have multiple ones, which is kind of why they were so good a couple of years ago. You know, the no-fly zone, to keep to leave, and Harris – and Bradley Roby, like, you've got to have those guys, especially if you're playing Patrick Mahomes twice a year, okay? It doesn't matter if you can go out there with what they have on offense and put up 40 points. Can't stop them. Patrick Mahomes will put up 60 on you. So that, they have to address that, that position immediately. Dallas also needs to fill the cornerback position. Um, I mean, they actually needed a new defense just in general, but their secondary was just awful, like, historically bad, awful. Um, one of their only bright spots was Trayvon Diggs uh, at times. So they definitely have potential there, but they can't, they can't roll in the next year. Definitely with what they have. It's time for them to invest in their secondary. So why not go for another Alabama guy? Okay. Just put Trayvon Diggs on one side, Patrick Sertan. Hopefully, you know, the rest of the guys start to step up. Hopefully Demarcus Lawrence one day plays to the contract that he got. One could hope a Dallas fan could hope. Uh, Lane Vander Esch, hopefully he can start to get a little healthy in his career. I know he had that great rookie season, and then the last couple of years he's been pretty banged up. Jalen Smith struggled last year. Part of that, I think, was this scheme. You know, other guys being out of position, him as well. But if they can get some of that shirt up, I think that he could bounce back as well. But they got to shirt up that secondary, yeah, because we, we saw it in the beginning of the year, especially with – Dak Prescott, when he was in at quarterback, the Seattle game, um, trying to think who else they played in the beginning of the year, but, you know, Dak would go out there, throw for 450, 500, put up plenty of points, but their defense can't stop anybody, which is the same thing with Denver. If It doesn't matter if you're off, you can go out there, put up 40. Can't stop anybody, the other team will put up 50. 
and they'll be stuck being what they are right now with six and ten, seven and nine, eight and eight teams. So they got to address that secondary and they got to address it early. And no better person than someone like Patrick Sertan. So let's dive into a little bit more about him as a prospect. A big physical corner standing at about 6'2", 205. And a big corner like that can go a lot of way, a long way, especially with uh, you know, some of these bigger receivers that, that he would see, you know, DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, guys that have some size. So someone that can, you know, get up in someone's face. A big physical corner would be big for any team, to be honest. Dallas, Denver, anybody up there in uh, those first 10 picks of the draft. Uh, he's a technician, really. When you watch him play, it's, it's teach tape. Uh, he loves to get up in a receiver's face. He loves to be physical at the line of scrimmage. You can really see his dad's genes in him. You can see the NFL pedi- pedigree in him. Um, but he's not a guy that's going to, you know, have the flashy stats. He's not a guy that he's going to, you know, have seven interceptions. Well, just based on what he was in college. Um, one, because, you know, teams don't test him. And you know that, especially when you see a premier corner out there at the college level. Coach is going to tell you, don't throw near him. Well, like, why would you, why would you play with that? Um, he lives on an island out there, and he just all he does is shut down your best receiver. Very sticky man coverage. Very similar to when I look at him, his comparison. I'm not. This isn't his comparison, but he's kind of when I watch him, it's kind of how Jair Alexander was this past season. Jair Alexander is a guy who I think is the best cornerback in the league. You know, didn't have the stats. You know, in terms of interceptions, you know, he had a a couple on Brady in the NFC Championship game. Um, but all he does is just lock down your receiver, like Patrick Sertan. All he does is hold guys to one reception for about seven yards. And that's what he does. And that's what you're going to get at Patrick Sertan. You'll get a premier corner for the next decade. Joe, I'm going to bring you in. Talk about a little about, about Sertan. Let me, get, let me get your take. Sertan's one of my favorite players on this defense and really has been for uh, most of his time being uh, in Tuscaloosa. I think that he's exactly what you're saying. He's a lockdown corner that uh, a lot of quarterbacks n- know not to throw at. These n- Now that he's three years into playing college football, I think that uh, he was challenged early in his career, and mo- more often than not, he rose to the challenge. And yeah, it, I think he only gave up one touchdown pass this year in the Tennessee game. But uh, but other than that, like he was a guy that you can rely on to put him out there on the outside, and you wouldn't have to really worry about what he what what he what he had going on out there because he's going to keep everything in front of him at, for the most part, uh, and, he, and he's going to challenge receivers, get up in their face, and, and, and challenge receivers at the point at the point of uh, ca- the catch. So, yeah, I think he's a surefire top ten draft pick. I think that if uh, I, I think he's more of a sure thing than a lot of than, than some of these other guys that they're talking about going in the top ten. Like a lot of these quarterbacks have a lot of potential, but I think that he's already a more well rounded prospect, a more pro pro ready prospect uh, than some of these quarterbacks who are you know maybe a little more raw. Yeah, he's definitely NFL ready. He was NFL ready uh, last year and. I've talked about it before with him. When I watch him, well, while I'm watching Alabama games, I kind of forget that he's out there just for the simple fact that, you know, he's shutting down half of the field and you don't hear his number called because quarterbacks aren't testing him. Uh, you know, none of the receivers are open that he's going against. And the SEC was stacked with, with talent. You know, um, we, we know what they have here at Alabama, but, you know, look at like what LSU has and Terrace Marshall and Jamar Chase the past couple of years and, Shai Smith over at South Carolina and Josh Palmer at Tennessee and Seth Williams at Auburn. And all he does is just shut all these guys down, guys who are NFL ready, who will play in the league. And all he does is shut them down for the past three years. Um, since we're talking about corners, I, I want to highlight a couple of corners just to keep uh, an eye out for some names to remember. Uh, Thomas Graham and D'Amador Lenore from Oregon, two guys who are also technicians out there at corner. Uh, they are part of that Oregon secondary uh, that was the best in the country in 2019. And the team that won the Rose Bowl, that was the best one that you'll see out there. They have about six guys, I think, or something like that, five or six that are eligible that will in the draft this year. So, I mean, that whole secondary uh, was pro-ready, and they're in the draft this year. And also another one is Cameron Bynum out of Cal. So a lot of uh, very good guys in the secondary, and that's just at the cornerback position. Uh, Keith Taylor, also from Washington, just some names to remember. Uh, keep an eye out for it throughout the draft process. Um, we like Patrick Sertan. So it's so funny seeing 
these guys uh, that I grew up watching, they're like their kids are out there at the college level about to go to the NFL. Patrick Sertan, like growing up watching uh, his dad play for the Dolphins. J.C. Horn, cornerback for South Carolina, his dad, Joe Horn. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr., like all these guys that we watched within the last 10 to 11 years, their kids are now going to the NFL. We saw with Antoine Winfield last year. Uh, Frank Gore's in the league, and he has a son playing over at Southern Miss. Like, it's it's truly amazing to see these guys. Um, they're about to reach the same level that their dad did, that their, uh, their dads did just, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, let's get into Alabama's secondary, you know, heading into next year. So let's start with Josh Job, uh, who was phenomenal in his first year as a starter. Uh, it's not easy. Anytime you're a guy who's the opposite side of a top 10 pick, you're going to get challenged. And that's what happened this year. And he was he was fantastic. Uh, you know, when teams don't want to look through uh, Sertan, maybe they try to get a favorable matchup with Job which is something that they tried to do, but they didn't get. Uh, Joe, let me bring you in on this. What were your thoughts on Josh Job in his first year as a starter? Josh Job's done a great job uh, really gr- in, in his growth. Uh, early on in his career, he was a guy that maybe got a little bit, um, a little too emotional on the field, uh, let some mistakes kind of uh, – let one mistake become two and two become three because maybe uh, didn't uh, control his emotions on the field as well. But uh, really starting from the uh, bowl game last year the, uh, against Michigan, uh, he, he got the start because Diggs opted out. Uh, and, and really since then, he's become – a player that, that that you can really rely on. He's you know he gets beat sometimes, but he's very physical. Uh, I, I, he, he's always up for a challenge to to challenge a receiver. Uh, He's, he's, he's he can tackle for for a corner, which I which I really like. Uh, I think he made the right decision in returning to school for another year. Now he's going to be the number one corner. Uh, the question is who who becomes that that second corner? Are you going to get Kool Aid McKinstry? Are you going to get Kyrie Jackson or or someone else who's already on the roster, uh, Ronald Williams or someone else? I, I I really like Josh Joe, but I think that uh he he's he's got all the potential to to stay in the in the footsteps of those Alabama DBs. Yeah, he does. Um... I love seeing him on special teams, too. I love what Coach Saban did last year with these guys. We saw Josh Joe make that uh, that big hit against Notre Dame on the opening kickoffs, kind of setting the tone. Uh, we saw Devontae Smith running down on there on punts and, and kickoff um, with all this. I love I love the mindset with that he does with that. If you're a starter you know, on offense or defense, then you should be a starter on special teams. That's something that I've always heard. It's something that I've always been told. Um and uh, that's something that Coach Saban definitely did. Uh, we got to get to a break. We're going to continue to talk about the Alabama secondary. Uh, we'll talk about the guys that they're bringing back, some of these five-star freshmen that they're bringing in. Um, all of that is coming up next. You're listening to Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks on this Thursday morning. The rain has left us, but a lot of water remains on our roadways, so please slow down and be careful. And if you see conditions, just give us a call. The stimulus package sale at towns of Nissan is underway with some tremendous savings and finance rates as low as 0%. I'm Captain Ray. A cloudy sky today. We could see some scattered light rain. The high for this afternoon around 42. Colder tonight, cloudy with a chance of snow flurries below at 24. Tomorrow morning clouds becoming partially sunny by afternoon. The high at 41. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Softmark Design doing business for 17 plus years. Specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at softmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904 or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. Welcome back into the Marty Houston Show on this Thursday morning. I am your host today, Kendall Hollowell. I got Joe Gaither with me as well. We're talking Alabama DBs. We talked about Patrick Sertan's draft stock. 
uh, top 10 pick, and we're talking about Alabama DBs that are coming back uh, next year. Uh, let's, go to, let's go to Malachi Moore. Go to the next one. He's a guy that I believe is a future All-American and Jim Thorpe Award winner. Uh, he was a star out there during his freshman year, and being a starter at Alabama as a true freshman tells me everything I need to know about you as a player. Um, he's very similar to Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, a versatile guy, uh, especially good in the slot, someone who can cover very well, uh, someone who likes to come on the blitz. Uh, he's just a guy that's always around the football. He seems to make a big play every single game. Uh, I've heard broadcast, broadcast, broadcasters, broadcasters and uh, coaches rave about his football IQ, and you can see it out there. You've got to be a smart guy, especially as a true freshman, to play in this Nick Saban defense, and you saw it. Uh, he's only going to get better from this point. Uh, I know he was hurt at the end of last year, so hopefully he's ready to go, all good to go in the spring and in the fall this year because he's a star. He is a future uh, first-round pick written all over him. He can do it all. He's just a playmaker. Kind of a When I watched him, he kind of reminded me of Tyron Matthew as a freshman at LSU when he was wearing number 14. When I watched him out there, just a guy, uh, very active, very aware, Talked about his football IQ. Just a guy who finds the football. Uh, Jordan Battle uh, is a guy that got better as the season progressed. A new starter at the safety position. Uh, it took him a little bit to you know, get a little comfortable back there. But you know, once he was good, uh, he blossomed. And you can see his development. Uh, his draft stock is really on the rise. Uh, he's been described as someone as a film junkie, which is what you kind of have to be. Back there at the safety position, uh, he's a guy that could be the fourth first-round pick of the Nick Saban era, so uh, producing just about every other year at that position. Brian Branch, also a guy who started as a true freshman in this Alabama secondary. Uh, another versatile guy who was big for them, especially in the college football playoff when uh, Malachi Moore was down, so very good playmakers. Another one out there in that slot position can also probably play safety. Uh, let's talk about some of these guys that they're bringing in this year. Uh, Jaquincy McKinstry, uh, five-star signing right here, out of here uh, in Alabama, number one cornerback recruit in this year's recruiting class. Just an athletic freak out there. Uh, I've heard people describe him as kind of a, a Jalen Ramsey, and he's also going to play basketball here, and they've described him as a Russell Westbrook, so that's two great comparisons there. Very athletic guys out there. That's kind of what he is. Uh, I would be shocked if I don't see him out there starting from day one, to be honest. He has future first-round quarterback written all over him. Uh, they lose Sertan. We can talk about some of these other guys who are more of, you know, slot cornerbacks, slot safety position, but, you know, Kool-Aid out there could play outside corner. So I would be shocked if he's not the starter from day one. Uh, Terry and Arnold, five-star signing right here out of uh, Tallahassee, Florida. Another versatile guy in the back end who could play corner or safety. A very technically sound tackler and another guy that possesses a high football IQ. Um, not sure where he'll play, but I think just because of his skill set, kind of what he can do, uh, they'll find they'll find a spot for him. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Like I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what they do uh, for their scheme next year because they have so many guys, they have the depth, but you want to have your best players out there, and their strength right now is in the secondary. Um, I want to bring in Lake Mar and John. We go to you, Lake. How you doing this morning? Hey, I'm doing great, and I hope you are, my friend. Yes, sir. Listen, I love the DB, DB talking. By the way, my favorite, and I'm older than dirt, but I, I used to love watching Javier Arenas. I had a, a good way of evaluating Javier because he also threw the punt returns in on, and he was great on that. But I have a hard time analyzing DBs. I guess, you know, with quarterbacks, you know, obvious. How many times you pass the ball? How many times they catch it? How many times the wrong people catch it? Uh, linemen, you know, how many block, missed blocks did you have? It's very easy. It's very analytical. Tell me, Kendall, how do you go through evaluating a DB? Um, so, it, like, like you said, it is kind of hard because especially, you know, some of it could be scheme. Uh, you know, some of it could be, you know, maybe the guy is just more athletic, you know, than somebody which you're not going to have, you know, when you're going to the NFL level. Um, for me, I like to look at, you know, the little things, to be honest. So, like with Patrick Sertan, uh, kind of what he does, you know, up there, physical at the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, big physical. You can't teach size, and that's kind of what he has. Um, and then, I mean, you just got to look at the little things, see how he plays. Like, especially, it's not everything is going to show up when you're watching the broadcast, obviously, because you're not, you don't watch everybody 
it all comes down to the little things, kind of what kind of plays are they making? Do you see um, the film study in them? Do you see the instincts in them, which kind of what you have to have at DB? Some of it is guessing, to be honest. Does the guy yeah. have the instincts? Um, that it, should, it all comes down to the little things. The big things pop off, you know, they see the interceptions, but, you know, maybe a guy gets seven interceptions, but he gets beat ten times. So, I mean, it, it all comes down to the little things. Yeah, there's. I just can't find an awful lot of uh, definitive uh, way of, of doing it because I mean, you know, if if you're good, <laughs> they may not even throw at you but once or twice a game, so you've only got two chances to show off, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, but uh, that's the hardest position for me to evaluate. I just wondering some other people, you know, chime in and let me know, you know, how they evaluate because I I love the DB position. I think yeah, I think it's. Requires as much intellect and football intellect as just about any position on the field, and yet I don't, you know, I, I I'm, I'm just guessing at how good they are, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, listen, I appreciate it. You're doing a great job, my friend, and uh, I'm gonna uh, just listen up if anybody else knows how to evaluate them. <laughs> really appreciate it. All right, uh, we got to get to another break. Uh, Lake brought up a good point, you know, talking about these DBs. It is hard to evaluate them. It all comes down to the little things. Uh, just one quick point before we get to break. To play, I think quarterback outside of quarterback is the hardest position to play. Uh, you really have to be smart. You can't be – there's no dummies out there playing defensive back out there. You have to be smart in terms of the scheme, uh, recognize routes, understand, you know, schemes, kind of what the quarterback's trying to do. What is he trying to bait you to do? What are you trying to – bait him to do so you really have to be a smart guy out there uh coming up after the break we're gonna get into uh the dumpster fire that is philadelphia right now that quarterback situation is it is a mess out there uh we're still taking your phone calls this morning on the taco costa hotline at 205-342-9904 you're listening to tide 100.9 the home of alabama sports tide 100.9 traffic from the towns of Nissan and Traffic Center, no active wrecks on this Thursday morning. The rain has left us, but a lot of water remains on our roadways, so please slow down and be careful. And if you see conditions, just give us a call. The stimulus package sale at Towns of Nissan is underway with some tremendous savings and finance rates as low as 0%. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their time. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one -on -one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com, that's peptalks35.com, or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show, the sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team. On your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show on this Thursday morning. I am your host this morning, Kendall Hollowell, Joe Gaither with me as well. We're talking Alabama DBs. Uh, can we go to Tom? Let's go to Tom. Tom, you're on the Martin Houston Show. Hey, Kendall. How are you this morning? I'm great this morning. How are you? Good. I'm enjoying the conversation. I'm like like Martin John. Um, I'm glad you chose uh, the defensive secondary for subject in that segment uh it's one that that i i just uh, absolutely love watching first of all you know that kind of falls into the responsibility of coach saban and uh his guys are always prepared you know uh we might get beat here there or whatever but uh they always look like they're prepared and ready to go and uh and if we do get beat, you see where they made a mistake. Most of the time, it's young guys that are playing, and they make a mistake. But you see them improve, and that's uh, one of my favorite positions as well, like Martin John. But uh, I got my eye on a guy that's coming out of uh, JUCO this year uh, from East Mississippi, and uh, his last name is Jackson, and. Uh, I don't know why. I'm not one of these guys in the recruiting process that watch all the highlight films and so forth. But for some reason, that guy caught my eye, and I started kind of watching him. 6'3", 195, fast, strong, tough uh, on, uh, on uh, uh, breaking up the route from the line of scrimmage. Really good at that. Uh, got exceptional ball skills. Uh, they used him on offense as well. He's a guy <coughs> that I got my eye on that I think is going to come in and make some real noise as a starter. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the build. Like, that's the same as it was with uh, Drake Kirkpatrick, you know, a few years ago. Uh, but, yeah, you said it with Nick Saban. Like, that's his specialty, defensive back. You really have to be a smart guy to play in the secondary. Uh, you can, And then you can tell. Um I know we've seen, you know, a little clips of it on, like, ESPN and stuff like that. We don't know, like, the full story. But, you know, he challenges those guys every single day. You know, he's constantly asking them questions, uh, putting them in tough situations, which which you have to do uh, on the practice field. And then they get to see receivers like, you know, Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith and Amari Cooper. Uh, when you have these type of receivers, like, that just builds you up as a defensive back when you're going against the top talent in your own t- like on your own team every single day that definitely helps you on game day yeah i, I agree I, I would wouldn't you love to know the outcome of some of those battles like certain and uh uh Devante? wouldn't you like to know what the outcome was what the score was between the <laughs> two of them uh back in the day uh coach stallings used to uh put David Palmer against Antonio Langham all the time. And and they they were like so competitive between the two of them. Off the field, they'd barely speak to each other. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it would be interesting to see uh, uh, some of the outcomes. But, that was, but talking about Jackson coming in, he's one I got my eye on, and uh, he's one that I think is going to be – uh, really good for Alabama because of size and speed. Yeah, you definitely have to have that, especially with some of these uh, bigger receivers in the conference. I mean, their whole secondary is just like what? What? Like what more can you say about them? Like they're just they're just loaded every position. Uh, they they bring all these guys back other than Sertan, but then you look at what they bring in uh, with McKinstry and Arnold and Jackson. So I mean, the secondary is definitely their strength. Uh, of this team, it, it it looks like the no fly zone. Honestly, of the of the twenty fifteen Broncos, the guys that they have, all these five stars, uh, these young guys that like Malachi Moore, who's a future All American, and uh, battle young guys like they have. Honestly, I think they have about five guys right now that are first round picks in the secondary. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's unreal how much talent is back there. Uh, but you know. Uh, I, I agree with you and Joe on something. I really think Josh Joe is going to shine uh, this coming year. I, uh, I could see the uh, flashes of it last year. You know, like you said, uh, when when teams went after our secondaries, they would uh, they would go after the young safeties and Josh. <laughs> and Josh stood up most all the time. 
And uh, I really expect big things out of him this coming year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's only going to get better from this point. Now he turns. Now he he uh, he becomes that Patrick Sertan. He becomes that lockdown guy, a guy who uh, you don't want to test because you've seen it. Um, but yeah, like you said, Job is really a guy that I didn't think got enough like national recognition last year for for the work that he did. Obviously, all the attention goes to you know Sertan and that offense. But but Job was phenomenal in his first year as a starter. Let me ask you this: My curiosity about uh, last year was. When we gave up big plays, it was on those young safeties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't on the corners. It wasn't at the boundaries. It was always on the uh, in the middle of the field. And when people wanted to attack with the pass, they would go after those young safeties. And they would get caught a lot of times looking in the backfield or, or whatever or late to get over and help. And, uh, uh, and I, I, I look for them to be much improved as well. Yeah, they definitely had some uh, communication issues in the back end early on, especially uh, in that Ole Miss game. Like, you could see it that they weren't totally on the same page. Um, you know, guys getting cut, caught uh, flat-footed. Uh, guys, it's just simple guys not being on the same page. Just It was simple communication problems. Uh, those got fixed. Uh, we talked about Jordan Battle, who, you know, kind of struggled. We talked about, uh, when we talk about communication problems, kind of struggled early on with that. But you can see... How he progressed out the season, we see how this defense progressed. It turned into, you know, one of those Nick Saban defenses that we've seen in the past decade. You know, ones that don't give up a lot of yards, not a lot of points. So, I mean, it all started back there in the secondary. Thanks, Kendall. Enjoy the show. Doing a great job. Thank you, Tom. Have a blessed day. Yeah, I love love talking about DBs. Um, we're gonna we're gonna move on from that though. We're talking about it all morning. We're talking about the the Eagles right now. And their situation, Joe. I know you want Carson Wentz as your as your next quarterback in Chicago. Still Why do you keep putting out. words in my mouth? Still holding out because I'm giving you a quarterback. I don't want Wentz. You haven't had a quarterback since Sid Luckman. But I don't want Carson Wentz. You guys, all right. I'm I'm telling you, just you know, believe. But I know what chance. I don't want. I understand. Yeah, I know. I know how you guys like your your Nick Foles and your Mitch Trubisky's out there in Chicago. But uh, we'll talk about the Eagles. Um, so they've gone downhill every single year since they've won the Super Bowl. Like, it's, you know, small dip, you know, divisional round, wild card, and then now they're just, you know, a complete dumpster fire over there in Philadelphia. I didn't understand, you know, the firing of Doug Peterson after one losing season. But, again, you know, they did the same thing to Andy Reid and Chip Kelly, and that's just what they do in Philadelphia. It also didn't make sense, especially because, you know, they're gonna because they're trading Carson Wentz. It didn't make sense to me that they fire the coach. Uh, it seemed like they fired the coach for Carson Wentz, and they end up you know trading Carson Wentz anyway. Uh, but you know it's something they just have to do. They have to move on from him. Uh, and so reports have said that Indy isn't moving off of their latest offer. They offered uh, two second round picks. Uh, I know the Eagles were holding out for you know a Matthew Stafford type of deal. Uh, which is something that they were never going to get. Like that's just not going to happen, especially after the year Carson Wentz had. Uh, too many turnovers, took too many sacks, too many fumbles. Uh, it's not quite right upstairs. So asking for you know a Matthew Stafford price, uh, that just wasn't going to happen. And at this point, Philadelphia just needs to pull the trigger. I don't I don't understand what they're waiting for. They just need to make the deal, uh, move on as a franchise. You have a new coach in there. Uh, just start this new era. Move on from Carson Wentz. Start fresh. Eat the dead money. Take the draft picks that you can get because Philadelphia has plenty of needs. So I'm sure they could use those two second round picks. I know they want a first round pick, but that's just not going to happen, especially with uh, how Carson Wentz has played. But going back to Philadelphia as a franchise, they're really they're really approaching the level of the Lions and the Jaguars. To be honest, the way that they've gone downhill, the way that this front office is falling apart, the way they just fired a coach who had won you a Super Bowl and had been successful, had one losing season, um, trouble at the quarterback position, uh, terrible at drafting these last few years. They can't draft a Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl or the last one they had was Carson Wentz. Um, this, this, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where they go. I don't know. They're lucky that they're in a bad division, to be honest, because of the way that their franchise is right now. I know they were in the race up until like week 16 or something like like that last year. Uh, They're lucky, you know, teams like Washington and Dallas and the Giants are 
close to that bad, but Philadelphia's just lucky that they're in a bad division because this this franchise is downhill and they went downhill fast. Absolutely, I mean they are lucky. The NFC East is you know NFC least for sure. Uh, you're looking at a team that has been decimated by injuries. They can't stay healthy, especially at the wide receiver and running back position. Uh, they 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 had the most offensive line combinations, I believe. In, in a season in NFL history. So, you know, outside of, you know, Howie Roseman, he's had poor drafts really since the Super Bowl, uh, and it's really cost the Eagles in, in their in their quest to stay on top of the league. Definitely. Uh, so let's talk about, let's move the biggest question for uh, Philadelphia has this offseason, which is obviously what they do at the quarterback position moving forward. Uh, one of the recent reports I've seen that the Eagles, so obviously they want to move off from Carson Wentz, but that they're looking to draft a quarterback at number six. Uh, you giving up on Jalen already? I'm not. I'm not. The Eagles look like they are. No, no, but why, why, how, how can they give up on Jalen already? Yeah, that's when. So, like, I'm a firm believer in Jalen Hurts. I think that you can win with Jalen Hurts. Um, I think that he can be your franchise. He gets it done, you know, with his legs and his arm. Uh, he's improving as a passer. We saw it his last season in Oklahoma. Uh, we saw some flashes with him as a rookie. Um I think he's the guy you can win with in the future if he's given the chance, if they can also improve, you know, the roster around him. Uh, one thing they also need to do is they need to bring in a veteran quarterback, you know, not necessarily to be the starter, but, you know, they have to upgrade at the backup position. Nate Sudfield isn't going to do it. Uh, you know, we saw what he did, you know, the last week against the Giants. Uh, I'm sure the Eagles at this point have to know what they have because he's been there for three years. Uh, which also didn't make sense why they they put him in trying to evaluate him because they've had him. Uh, but you also you just need a capable quarterback at that position, someone who can also help mentor whoever they bring in at quarterback next year. If it's Jalen Hurts, uh, bring in someone that can help him. You know, continue to learn, help him in the film room, help him on the practice field. If they draft someone, you know, a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, someone who could help mentor him. They have to upgrade at the backup quarterback position, uh, and they also need other needs. Uh, obviously, quarterback being the most important one, but they have to. Joe said, like, they have to upgrade at the receiver position. Uh, having someone like Alshon Jeffrey, who is hurt every single year, Deshaun Jackson's a little bit older, always hurt, um, they have to upgrade at that position. Uh, they also need to get healthy at the running back position. Miles Sanders is a capable running back, but he's always hurt. Uh, they also have to upgrade at the offensive line. Um, we have to get to another break. We will continue to talk about this saga that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you're listening to Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Towns of Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks, just some minor congestion on McFarland and Lurleen and Northport and on Skyland, both sides of McFarland. If you see other conditions, of course, give us a call. The stimulus package sale at Towns of Nissan is underway with some tremendous savings and finance rates as low as 0%. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good morning. Roads from Lamar, Fayette, and Walker counties northward still have slick spots, black eyes from last night's wave of winter weather, and they will persist through the early morning hours until temperatures climb into the 40s later today. Al Dodd is reporting treacherous driving conditions on I-22 west of Jasper. Conditions will rapidly improve, though, throughout the morning. ABC 3340 Chief Meteorologist James Spann tells us there is hope ahead. Saturday, the morning will be cold, will be well below freezing, but we start to warm up. I'm Don Hart. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. The 
sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, the Martin Houston Show, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show on this Thursday morning. I am your host this morning, Kendall Hollowell, Joe Gaither with me behind the glass. Uh, we've been talking Alabama DBs, Patrick Sertan all morning. Uh, still continue with this conversation with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and that dumpster fire that is Philadelphia these days. Uh, so they own the number one six pick in the draft. Uh, Got to take a receiver. Got to gotta upgrade at the receiver position. There's There's... There's plenty of options. It doesn't matter who you take. Uh, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, all of them will work, okay, for Philadelphia. You can't mess this one up, okay? All you, you just pick one of them. They will all work in this offense. Uh, taking Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson and then J.J. Arcega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf in back-to-back years has to be an all-time blunder, to be honest. That is bad evaluation on the part of the Eagles. That's what we're talking about. You know, their front office struggles these days. Uh, you know, just missing on these draft picks, to be honest. Uh, you know, I don't know. They just, you got to upgrade the receiver position. Part of the struggles, I think, for Carson Wentz was uh, kind of what was going on at the, at the receiver position. I think, so what happened in 2019 when all those guys were hurt, and, you know, he went out there with Joe and me as his receivers in 2019. And then last year, uh, Alshon Jeffrey still unhealthy. Uh, Deshaun Jackson got hurt a couple times. Uh, Jalen Rager also went down. Uh, who is it? Marquise Goodwin had opted out. Uh, Greg Ward, you know, solid, solid option. Uh, Fulgham was good for a part, and then I don't know kind of what they did with him. They decided just, you know, cut his reps down, not to put him in as much for uh, whatever reason. That's just, you know, that's just Philadelphia these days. Like I said, they're they're really approaching uh, Lions and Jaguars territory with the way their franchise is being run these days. Um, Joe, let me bring you into this. Uh, receiver at number six has to be the pig, right? Uh, yeah, receiver... Or maybe offensive line if Penny Sewell falls to six. Uh, but but I don't think he'll do that. But, yeah, receiver for, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go – I'd go Waddle if it, if, it, if it's up to me. If if I had the pick and none of the receivers were taken, I would take Waddle. Yeah. I mean, a pairing with uh, Jalen Hurts and Jalen Waddle again would be special. Maybe Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, you know uh, – I know people in Alabama love to see that again, an Alabama-to-Alabama connection uh, in the NFL. Uh, but speaking of quarterbacks, uh, we talked about Ben Roethlisberger earlier this week. I want to you know, get back to that. Um, I think you have to move on at this point. I think, if, especially if he doesn't take a massive pay cut, because I think he's due $41.3 million or something like that, which would be the highest in the NFL. Uh, can't pay him that. That's just, you know... He's not at that level anymore. Uh, he's aged poorly. You know, we talk about Brady, kind of what he's done, his success. Uh, two decades at 43, still getting it done. Uh, Drew Brees was okay, you know, in his 40s. But Drew, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is aged poorly. And that's a lot of that is due to, you know, his offseason regimen. It's, you know, doing yoga a little bit and then drinking beer. We can always see, you know, he's always been, you know, a little bit bigger. Uh, so I think, if, especially if they, if he doesn't take a massive pay cut at this point, you have to, you have to move on. You have to be better at that quarterback position. Uh, maybe they draft somebody if someone can fall to them or they move up. Maybe they get someone like a Jameis Winston. But you know, I think outside. I mean, the running back is a weakness, but also Big Ben the way he's playing. I think. So let me, Joe. Let me bring you back into this. Uh, because I don't, because they're they're not going to just cut Ben Roethlisberger. Because I think he's meant too much to their franchise. He's won two Super Bowls, so they're not going to just outright cut him. Uh, he's not an attractive trade destination. I don't know how much desire he really has to play for someone other than Pittsburgh. Uh, so what do you do next season? You uh, either make him restructure his contract, or that's what you do. You cut him. 
I mean, it, it, it's tough. It's, it's it's a tough position to be in as a franchise. But uh, for the Steelers, uh, I, I know some Steelers fans who who have been ready to who have been ready to move on from Big Ben probably the last two years. Uh, and with that huge cap number, you said you forty one million. Yeah, he's not he's not playing this this coming up year for forty one million. Uh, so you have to uh, somehow some way restructure his contract, or you just let it, or or you just cut him and you you you, you let him determine his market value. Uh, with the rest of the league yeah i mean at the end of the day like no matter you know loyalty uh what you've done for uh this organization for the last 17 years you know bring him two super bowls at the end of the line it is a business and if he's hurting the business you got to move on uh so i mean it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens in the next month and a half two months or so kind of what they decide to do at that quarterback position definitely have to address the running back position uh, maybe a Najee Harris at that spot if he's still available. I've seen a lot of mock drafts that have him uh, going to the Bills at number thirty. Uh, the Steelers are they're in the twenties. I don't I don't know if Najee Harris necessarily lasts that long. I think I don't I don't know if he's a, a late first round pick. I think he's someone that will go higher, uh, especially as the draft process continues. You just see what he can do as a running back, uh, big physical guy. Uh, excellent catch in the backfield, an excellent route runner, great hands, kind of separates himself from the other Alabama running backs of the past. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in Pittsburgh. Uh, that is going to wrap up the Martin Houston show. Uh, inside the locker room is up next. You will still be with Joe and I for the next couple hours, so don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports.